when the Lord laid upon my heart, excuse me, chapter 4, First uh, Peter chapter number 4, when the Lord laid upon my heart this subject of the end times and the Christian, I wish I could say I had enough biblical knowledge to know every single passage referring to this subject, but I absolutely do not. And uh, if you tell me that you do, I might call you a liar, but I'll say it with a smile. Um, but as I, as I got into the study of it and saw, I didn't turn my microphone on, did I? Uh, as I got into the study of it and began to uh, find my way through the passages that speak of the last days and the Christian's behavior in those last days, um, we see connecting themes. I did not... Uh, believe necessarily as we started on this journey that uh, there were certain things the church needed to be hit over the head with, so I'm just going to I'm gonna find every one of them and make sure you get it. Uh, it's just a matter of where the study itself has led and what these passages say. And so as we let the Bible speak for itself, please understand the intention is not to continue uh, to hit the same subjects over and over again, but rather to explore the things that the Lord says about the Christian in the last days. First Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 7. The Bible says, But the end of all things is what? Be ye therefore what? Sober and watch unto prayer. You'll hear that term sober repeated. You'll hear that term watch unto prayer repeated. Verse number 8. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please speak to hearts this evening. I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would help me, Lord. I yield myself to you. I beg you, please, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit power. Guide and direct throughout the service tonight, Lord, I beg you please. We pray this in Jesus' name, and amen. You can be seated. So the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7, but the end of all things is what? Is at hand. This is clearly an end times passage. When the Lord begins to speak of the last days or the end of all things, every Christian should immediately identify that as a subject referring to the last days. And so the Lord uh, gives us in this passage that mindset again. Now, the book of 1 Peter, remember, is written to those which are scattered abroad, the strangers which are scattered abroad. Does everybody remember that in 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 1? That this is written to the strangers which are scattered abroad. Now, remember last week we looked at who the strangers which are scattered abroad 
are. Technically speaking, it applies to all of us because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, right? But also, more specifically to this period of time and to that day, the Bible says that there was a great persecution that rose about the church in the book of Acts and that there were great threatenings and slaughterings that were being breathed out by men like Saul against the church. And so they were scattered abroad. Everybody but the apostles, they themselves who had been told that they should go out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth, found themselves still in Jerusalem while God is scattering everybody else out because of a great persecution. But as they all get scattered abroad, then these Jewish preachers that are scattering out from Jerusalem because of the great persecution, they're now preaching to other Gentiles and to other Jews all around them. So now Gentiles are beginning to get saved. And then, of course, who is the apostle that takes on the great ministry to the Gentiles? That would be Paul. Paul was called to that great ministry to the Gentiles, and aren't we glad that he was? Can I get a witness? I'm glad that God sent the gospel to the Gentiles, and he did not leave us out of this gospel plan. And so now, the gospel is sent to the Gentile nations, largely because the Jews once and for all got to the point where they were no longer listening. They rejected the truth that Jesus Christ was Lord. And be, uh, because of Paul and Peter, the gospel now begins to move towards the Gentiles as God led them in the book of Acts. Everybody still okay? Now, the, 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 the people that are scattered abroad, the strangers that are scattered abroad, that's a term that refers to the fact that we are all strangers in this world, that none of us belong here, that we are not a part of this world system, that we belong to a different country, which is, as the book of Hebrews says, an heavenly. And so we belong to a different citizenry. I am concerned about the laws and things that are being put in place in this world, but I'll tell you one of these days, I'm going to be a citizen of a different country and all the laws will be righteous. Now this is written to the strangers which are scattered abroad, right? 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 1. Now, that means it applies to all of us. It applies to you and to me as well. And the Bible says in verse number 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Now remember, when the Bible says the end of all things is at hand, what does that mean? It doesn't mean the end of eternity. We all in our soul will exist for all of eternity, either in heaven or in hell. But when the Bible says the end of all things is at hand, it's talking about this physical world in which we live, which the Bible says will one day be burnt with a a fervent heat even unto the elements. Are you with me? So this world will not be destroyed by flood again. God gave us that promise, which is, you can try to explain it away scientifically when the rainbow appears in the sky, but God hung that there and made everything work out scientifically so that it would appear in the sky. And every time you see a rainbow, don't try to explain it away scientifically. Remember, that's the promise of God, that he would never judge the earth ever again in that way. It's a little miracle, if you will, every time you see one. But he will judge the earth again. And as much as I don't necessarily believe that the global warming group is working to our good, they are right about one thing. It's going to get really hot one of these days. <laughs> but I don't think they have to worry about whether or not it's going to get so hot that the world comes to an end because it all flooded because the ice polar caps all melted. That didn't, God promised that wasn't going to happen. Hey, can I just say this? Here's a little rabbit trail. If you're a Christian, you do not need to be worried about the whole world flooding again because God told us it wouldn't. So you can just go ahead and put Al Gore's debunked movie aside and not worry about it. 
anybody had an inconvenient truth, it was the inconvenience of Al Gore realizing it was all a lie. One of these days, the Lord's going to burn up this entire earth with a fervent heat and the wrath of God will be poured out upon this place. And then the Bible says in the end of the book of Revelation, and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down from God. Is that right? When we see the Bible describe the end of all things, it doesn't mean the end of us. So we should not, as God's people, be worried about the end of all things because there's nothing for God's people to be worried about. As a child of God, you won't be here when the end of all things comes to pass. We may get into that in 1 Thessalonians, as we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and in 2 Thessalonians chapters 1 and 2, maybe following through into chapter 3, I can't remember exactly. But anyway, we will see as we get into uh, some of those other passages that, that we are not going to be children that are appointed to wrath. That is not for God's people. And the wrath of God is the pouring out in the tribulation period of His wrath upon all of the lost world who rejects and despises and hates Him. That's not for us. We don't have to worry about the end of all things. The end of all things of this world means the beginning of all things for us in eternity. We'll be raptured out of here. Uh, or if we are already dead and in the grave, as the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, then we which are dead or those which are dead will be caught up in the air with those which are alive and remain. And so that is all a time of rejoicing for us. We don't look at these last days with grieving and mourning, or should not anyway. We should look at them with an open mind and open eyes to what is really going on, and that is that the prophecies are all being fulfilled, and the time of the end of this world and all the wickedness in it is at hand. Is everybody okay? I can tell this is going to have to be a short one tonight. But the end of all things is at hand. Do you see it in 1 Peter 4, 7? But the end of all things is at hand. What does it mean when the Bible says it is at hand? It means it's close. Peter believed it was close in his day. Paul believed it was close in his day. Well, they were contemporary, but you understand. They thought the Lord was coming, and it must be happening now. And it didn't happen. And that gives us, of course, our constant reminder that there really is nothing left that needs to happen for the Lord to come back. It could be any moment. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore what? So oh, Good, thank you, all four of you. Be ye therefore what? Sober. <laughs> because the end of all things is at hand, we are reminded again to be what? Sober. And what does that mean? Sober. That word sober we looked at in the first of the passages concerning the last days. What does that mean? It means not to be caught up in your mind in the things of this world, but rather to have your mind under control and not to be zealous about the things in this world, but rather to be zealous about the things that really matter, those things which are spiritual. Is everybody okay? Now, it also means to be serious. To be sober means to be serious about the things that we see. And Christians, can I just say this? Please understand. We ought to be serious about the fact that the Lord is returning. The end of days is at hand. And there are lost people in this world who need to be given the gospel. 
we should not be less concerned about eternity and those that are heading headlong into it. We should be more serious about spiritual matters. But what is happening is American Christianity is very quickly becoming more and more uh, cold to soul winning and to lost souls. We should be serious about what's happening, y'all. When you hear somebody else on the news, like China and Taiwan, ramping up, your mind ought to go to wars and rumors of wars, and it ought to immediately go from that to the day of the Lord is at hand. And everybody that is lost, that has had a chance to receive the gospel, is likely to end up in hell. Man, we get, we get serious about so many things in this life, but we're growing colder and colder to leading the lost. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Watch for what? Well, clearly we ought to be watching for the coming of the Lord, right? The Bible tells us that in Matthew 24, Matthew 25, and in just about all of the Gospels and in many other places, that we ought to be watching. And by the way, where should we be watching? Physically speaking, you should be watching the eastern sky. But literally speaking, we should be watching for the coming of the Lord. The Bible says we should also be watching lest we enter into temptation. The Lord taught His disciples that when He asked them to come and watch and pray. And of course, He knew that the day that they would be walking in this life without Him was at hand. And He said, watch and pray lest ye enter into temptation. For the Spirit truly is willing, but the flesh is... And brother, is it ever? Hey Christian, if there is a time that we ought to be watching that we enter not into temptation and give in to the weakness of our flesh, it ought to be now. While the enemy is ramping up his attacks, trying to tempt us on every corner to give in to our fleshly desires, we ought to be watching and praying lest we enter into those temptations. Look at Mark, Mark chapter number 13, would you please? I just brushed over some of those other subjects that we should be watching for, but look at Mark chapter number 13 and verse number 33. Mark chapter number 13 and verse number 33. The Bible says in verse number 33 of Mark chapter number 13, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore. For ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. 
Now what is this passage about? The Bible tells us in verse number 34 that the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and every, every man his what? Verse number 34, and to every man his what? And commanded the porter to watch. We should be watching and staying busy in the Lord's work. We should be doing more for the Lord, more for the church. We should be doing more for lost souls. We should be doing more for our fellow man in our church, as far as our church members are concerned. Uh, we should be doing more in the Lord's work than we ever have before. But brother, if there has ever been a difficult time in American history to be more busy in the Lord's work, it is now. The devil has got us all tied up with all of these different responsibilities. And man, you got between, between uh, running back and forth to work and, and running back and forth to the grocery store and running back and forth to all of the kids' events and running back and forth to their ball games and running back and forth to all these different responsibilities, hardly anybody has any time to do the Lord's work. And here's what's about to happen. The Lord's about to show up and He's going to find a whole bunch of American Christians spiritually asleep and not doing the work that God has appointed for all of us to do. Stay busy in the Lord's work. Don't let these last days slip us by and the Lord show up and find out that we have neglected His house. Does everybody see it? For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left His house and gave authority to His servants. Who are His servants? That's you and me. And to every man His work and commanded the porter to watch Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh. Y'all, what should we be doing in these last days? We ought to be doing more for, more for the Lord and more for His house. Hit on that a few Sundays ago. Look at Luke chapter number 21. What is something else we should be watching for in these last days? Luke chapter number 21. The Lord tells us to be sober. And watch unto prayer in 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 8. What kind of things are we watching for and should we be praying for? Look at Luke chapter number 21, look at verse, verse number 34. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. I know I didn't read verse number 34, but instead of telling you to go backwards, I went backwards. Because that is my constant habit. Okay, just go back one more verse. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, the things which shall come to pass, and escaping these things. These, this is a, a passage written to the Jews in Jerusalem. Now remember, they today don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, right? And the Lord is speaking to His people. He's saying, look, there is going to come a day when Jerusalem will be attacked. And when that happens, you need to be watching and praying specifically that that day will not take you in such a manner. But then I want you to notice, he does say in verse number 34, to take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting 
and drunkenness and what? Cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. Now, there are two elements to this. That day coming upon God's chosen people, unawares, is speaking along the lines of them not believing that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and taking them by surprise that He was the Messiah and He comes in the rapture and they are surprised by His appearing. But it also means, and all of us can apply this to our lives, that each and every one of us can, if we're not careful, be overtaken with the cares of this life and become unaware of the spiritual needs around us. And brother, is there ever a challenge with that today? The cares of this life can easily bind us up, whether it's our work, whether it is our bills, whether it's our hobbies, whether it's our families, and all of these other things that our life is made up of. And y'all, I'm not saying that we should not care for our families and that we should not focus on those things that do matter. But the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians, I believe it is, that we should do everything in our power to wait upon the Lord without distraction, to serve Him without distraction. And sometimes that means acting as if you're not married. Well, that's what the reference means. Where is that in 1 Corinthians? Y'all help me out. Somebody help me out. I'll find it. Whoop, might be chapter 7. Yep. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. Now, God is dealing with, with Paul here on some subjects concerning marriage and so on, and we're not going to get into all of that. But look at verse number 27. The Bible says, Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. Some young men might want to make that their life verse. No, it's not true. It's better to marry than to burn. That's earlier in that chapter, by the way. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned, and if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. Also, should make that a life verse. Verse number 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth. The time is short. Do you see that? Is that an end times passage? The time is short, right? He's talking about the appearing of Christ, yes? The time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had what? And they that weep as though they what? And they that rejoice as though they what? And they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin, so on and so forth. Verse number 35, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without what? Without distraction. He says, look, the last days are upon us. And as a result, there comes a time every now and then when if you're married, you ought to act like you're not married so you can serve the Lord. He says, because what I want you to do 
is to not be distracted in this life when the more important things ought to be being done. In other words, there is a time when it's time for me to leave my house and leave my wife and my family behind and go knock some doors and go visit some church members and go study in the office and go pray and seek God's face. Because the time is at hand. And this is serious. We ought to be serious about it, not take it lightly. We ought to be sober about it. There comes a time in all of us when the Bible says not only about marriage, but look at it again. Look at it again there in 1 Corinthians 7. Some of y'all, are you're, you're, it's so quiet in here, I can't tell what you think about this. Y'all are not preaching some false doctrine. Go read it for yourselves. Go study it for yourselves. If I'm wrong, bring me the passage and show me that I'm wrong. But look at it. Verse number 30. And they that weep as though they what? Wept not. Do you see that? It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not. If you're filled with sorrow, there does come a time when you need to get up and stop mourning and stop being so full of sorrow that you're not getting anything done for God. They that rejoice as though they rejoice not. That's not telling you not to have joy. The Lord's saying there comes a time when it's time for you to stop having fun and get serious and do something for God. <laughs> this is going over like a ton of bricks. And they that buy as though they possess not. Do you see that? So you have money to go out and, and, and enjoy your hobbies and work on your truck and shoot your guns and go hunt, but there might come a time when the Lord says it's time to get serious, so stop worrying about what your money can do and go out and do something spiritually. They that use this world is not abusing it. Do you see it in verse number 31? And they that use this world is not abusing it. So it's okay for us to use the things of this world, but not to abuse them and get caught up in them to the point where we're zealous about nothing but carnal matters. For the fashion of this world passeth away. All the things we put our time into in this life, see you later. Remember that fervent heat we were talking about earlier? But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried, Tracy, you don't need a boyfriend, careth for the things that have been telling her that the past couple of services. Because she keeps coming to me telling me about her boyfriend. And every time she says that, I say, Tracy, you don't need a boyfriend. No, you don't need one, no. That's the only thing I'm ever going to say. <laughs> he, he that is unmarried, look at it, Tracy, look at verse number 32. I shouldn't have started talking. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Do you see that? He's not saying it's bad to get married. He's saying if a person is unmarried, it's easier for him to focus on the Lord. Right? And he says, I wish, before he starts into this, read 1 Corinthians 7. Before he starts into this, he says, I wish you all could remain as I am, which means he was unmarried. He says, I wish you could all be as I am because I can give myself wholly and completely to the things of God. But he says it's better, better to marry than to burn. Right? Is everybody okay? Whew, man, tough crowd tonight. 
He says, I would have you without carefulness, not being caught up in the cares of this world, being full of cares. I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried carrieth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married carrieth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. And we must do that. Because if you don't take care of your own, you're worse than an infidel. But there comes a time when it's time to serve the Lord. And look at verse number 35 again. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without what? Do you see that? And this is instruction given for the last days. Go back to 1 Peter, if you would, please. I think we'll close up shop. 1 Peter chapter number 4. Look at verse number 7 again. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore what? And a watch unto prayer. You see that? We didn't get into all the things we ought to be watching for. Write these things down and study them later. We talked about the first four. We ought to be watching for the coming of the Lord. Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. We ought to be watching lest we enter into temptation. Matthew 26, Mark, I can't remember what, and other places. Uh, we ought to be watching and staying busy in the Lord's work. Mark chapter number 13, verses 33 through 37. We looked at that one. We looked at this one. We ought to be watching. Luke chapter number 21, verses 34 through 36. Watching that we be not overtaken with the cares of this life. Now next, the things that we have not covered. We ought to be watching for all saints in prayer. Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 18. We ought to be watching for all saints in prayer. Can you pray honestly for everybody in this room? I don't mean like, do you know their names? I mean, can you honestly, genuinely watch for all the saints in this room in prayer? Ephesians 6.18, you might want to go check it out. Watch in thanksgiving. Colossians chapter number 4 and verse number 2. We ought to not become unthankful during these days. Watch in thanksgiving. Watch for the day of the Lord and keep your heart thankful. Watch and endure afflictions in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 5. Watch and endure afflictions. 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 5. And there are others. The Bible t tells us to watch unto what? Prayer. Do you see that in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7? Are you with me there? But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto what? So our watchfulness should send us unto prayer. Right? Because the spiritual work that is to be done cannot be done in our own strength. It must be done in God's. And if you ever look out into the things of this world and get concerned about the things that you're hearing, every so often my wife and I will talk about the news and the current events. She says, you are, you are my news, because she doesn't read it. So I, I, I stay up with the news and the things that are going on, and occasionally I'll just unload. This and this is happening, this and this is that. And she'll say, uh, you know, I, I just, man, that just makes me feel so heavy. I hate hearing all that. 
And it's true, it makes us all feel heavy. I got to a point a few years ago where I, can't, I cannot get a steady diet of the news. I'll just read the headlines. If there's something there that I want to dig into a little bit deeper, I'll do that. But I can't, I can't take it anymore. It's all so negative. But as we read about these things in these last days, if you start feeling a little heavy-hearted about the things that you're hearing with our government, with our finances, with our economy, and all these things, it ought to send us to our knees and know that the day of the Lord is at hand and it ought to cause us to pray. But watch unto what? Prayer. You see it there? Watch unto prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please help us this evening. Your people have been attentive. They've been careful to listen. Listen.